0: I'm Emile Donovan and today on the detail we're talking diabetes. A quarter of a million New Zealanders are diabetic that's a touch over 5% of the population. And that number's increasing exponentially with Māori, Pacific and South Asian people most at risk. It's one of the leading contributors to cardiovascular disease, kidney failure and amputations, and management of diabetes costs nearly $2 billion a year. So why is New Zealand's treatment plan so far behind the rest of the world? And why are two effective medications facing barriers to being introduced here? The co-authors of an editorial in the New Zealand Medical Journal published today are calling for the drug-buying agency Pharmac to fund two drugs that could dramatically improve the lives of people with diabetes. It's
1: affecting
2: Māori and Pacific populations much more. It is in the form of an epidemic, and the truth is there's things that we can do that will change it. Pharmac is considering funding these two new drugs, and we're saying they've got to do it right, they've got to do it now.
0: Here's Dr Brian Betty, Medical Director at the Royal New Zealand College of General Practitioners, who's put his name to a news release calling out Pharmac for its lack of progress on better medication for diabetes.
2: The fundamental thing with diabetes, Emil, is the body loses its ability to control blood sugar levels. Blood sugar or glucose is very, very important for the way the body functions. It's essentially the petrol of the body. And like any any petrol or engine, we need to control how much is in the body. So if too much glucose goes into the body or too much sugar, um, we tend to flood the engine and cause damage. And so we flood the body and cause damage. So diabetes is fundamentally where the body loses the ability to control sugar levels and we get too much of it in the body. Now there's basically fundamentally two types, Uh, type one diabetes Essentially, it occurs often with younger people and children, and it's what we call an autoimmune disorder. And that is where the body turns on itself and actually shuts down the pancreas. Now, the pancreas is the thing that produces insulin, and insulin is the thing that controls our blood sugar levels. So this autoimmune thing, the pancreas essentially shuts down. There's no insulin that's released into the body. The body can't control sugar levels because it has no insulin, and we call that type 1 diabetes. The second type of diabetes is type 2, and that's essentially over time the pancreas gets worn out. It slowly starts to be not as effective at producing insulin, The body can't control the sugar levels as well as it would. And it generally just gradually comes on over a number of years to a point that is reached where really the body can't cope with sugar anymore because the pancreas isn't working as well as it was. Um, In that situation, we normally use medication to try and boost the body's ability to control sugar. And it it can progress to a point where we actually need to use insulin as well to replace the insulin in the body to control the sugar. So really, it's this inability of the body to control sugar.
0: When we talk about diabetes in, in a sort of issue sense, as we are here... Are we talking about both type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Is it fair to sort of group those two together and talk about diabetes as a, as a whole? Or is it quite important to separate those out?
2: I personally believe um, it's important to separate them out. Um, that someone uh, living with type 1 diabetes has a very, very different journey to someone living with type 2 diabetes. So we do have to make that distinction. They are separate in what they do in, in how they come about. They come about in different ways. Um, they often have a very different t- trajectory in terms of how they unfold and what actually occurs. And a, a very blunt difference is with type 1 diabetes, um, although diet and exercise is very, very important, and it's very important with all diabetes. With type 1, from the moment you are diagnosed, you require insulin. There is no option because the body is not producing any insulin. Therefore, if you're a child who develops type 1 diabetes, from the day you develop it, insulin becomes part of the rest of your life. So that is very different. Whereas with type 2, there is often this very slow unfolding of the loss of sugar control and a number of strategies that can be put in place to try and mitigate that or change that. And so the course of the two conditions are very different. And I think we do have to separate them out in our minds. We can't blur the two. We can't sort of say they're one condition.
0: Now, today we're talking largely about type 2 diabetes. This is not because it's necessarily worse than type 1. It isn't. But it has more flexible treatment options. With type 1 diabetes, your own body is attacking the pancreas, the insulin manufacturing plant. Therefore, you need insulin, full stop. Type 2, on the other hand, involves your body not producing enough insulin and this can be mitigated, even managed, with more exercise to burn through your glucose faster through paying attention to what you're eating, which helps manage your glucose levels and so on. One thing is for sure, New Zealand has a lot of people with diabetes. More than 260,000 as of last year, 220,000 of whom have type 2. And that is bad news.
2: Diabetes over time can cause heart attacks or ischemic heart disease, can cause strokes and can cause something called peripheral vascular disease. That is where the circulation to, in particular, the legs or feet um, is blocked. And as a result, that leads to amputation. So it causes a large cluster of disorders over time that are related to the heart to the brain, and to circulation. The second big group of problems that actually occurs is what we call microvascular. That is, it affects um, eyesight, um, can cause blindness. It affects the kidneys, so it can shut down the kidneys over time. And that is particularly important in New Zealand because Maori and Pacific patients are literally 12 to 15 times more likely to progress to end-stage renal failure or have their kidneys shut down by diabetes.
0: More about that in a few minutes.
2: And the third area it affects is the nerves in the body. So it can start to kill off nerves to the feet and to different parts of the body, and that can lead to all sorts of problems. So really diabetes encompasses and can cause damage to to every part of the body if you start to look at it and um, is a major major contributor to heart disease rates in New Zealand to end-stage kidney failure in New Zealand that is dialysis to amputation of feet and legs and to blindness so it is a it, it is a really really major problem in the New Zealand setting.
1: It usually takes a while for people to accept that they have a a diagnosis, a a condition and some often uh, go on for months without fully, really acknowledging the fact uh, that they have diabetes.
0: That is Dr Colin Tukuitonga, an Associate Dean at Auckland University's Medical School and he has an interesting perspective on this because...
1: I have had diabetes, type 2 diabetes for 15, 16 years now and I manage myself uh, and I'm injecting myself so I have kind of Apart from the fact that I used to treat a lot of people with diabetes, I'm living with it.
0: What were the circumstances around you finding that out? Were you not feeling great and so you went to the doctor? Did you suspect something?
1: Well, I guess being medically trained, I was acutely aware of the fact that my mother and my father... And my mother's siblings all had diabetes. So in a sense, I was programmed to have diabetes. It was just a question of time, if you like. And as I got older, I put on a bit more weight and the risks got higher and higher. But I I didn't feel unwell. I wasn't sick. It it just happened one time I went to see a GP for something else, uh, which is the usual story. And I got a blood test. And uh, it came back and, and confirmed that I had high blood sugar, essentially diabetes. And we tried with diet and didn't settle. And I moved on to tablets and and then onwards. That's kind of how things happen. The, in fact, it's very rare for people to experience any symptoms of diabetes, particularly type two diabetes, and it's usually found as a result of a blood test for something else.
0: Having diabetes means you're more likely to develop heart disease. It leads to hundreds of amputations each year. It costs the country nearly $2 billion a year in treatment costs. And the problem is getting worse. Over the past decade, the number of diabetics in New Zealand has risen by 40%, from 188,000 in 2010 to 264,000 in 2019. Nearly 40% of people with diabetes in New Zealand are of Māori, Pacifica. Indian descent, which begs the question,
1: why? Well, there are some people who still go on about the fact that they're genetically predisposed, meaning they have a genetic makeup that makes them at higher risk. Most people, most doctors, most specialists will now tell you that, in fact, the problem with diabetes relates to the environment in in which people live, so and the food they eat, and uh, uh, reduced levels of exercise, and that pretty much explains the bulk of it. And um, as I say, some people will still talk about a genetic uh, uh, link. If there is one, it's pretty weak, and most of it is to do with the environment in which people uh, live, uh, mainly because of the type of food they eat, high in sugar, salts, fats, uh, and, and not enough exercise. People who are overweight or obese will have, elevated risk of developing uh diabetes so yeah it's pretty much an uh a, 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 I suppose a human body reaction to a toxic environment with the types of food that people are eating uh, these days mm.
0: One thing that I found interesting about this is this is a phenomenon that we see around the world among indigenous populations. I'm curious as to your thoughts of whether perhaps this is also a reflection of almost the residual effects of a colonised health system, the idea of a lack of trust in the health system perhaps and not seeking out medical treatment until problems become really big problems?
1: That's an issue and we'll come to that in a minute. But there was uh, for a time and probably still is a theory, somebody's theory, it's called the thrifty genotype of of this gentleman called Neil. Uh, What it says is that uh, Polynesians in particular, Pacific uh, people from the islands, are genetically programmed to live in environments where they go through prolonged periods of drought, whether they are sailing or marooned on an island or something and then there's periods of plenty of food. So in a sense, genetically, your body is programmed to bond to those kinds of environments. The problem now, of course, is uh, anytime you're hungry, you go to the fridge or you go to the local uh, takeaway place and there's an uh, ongoing availability of food, often not good quality food. And so your genetic makeup. Is not being able to adjust to your new environment. So that's been a theory. Obviously, has a lot of uh, merit, but difficult to prove. And and then to come to the point you just made, and we talked a little bit about this earlier on. Often people with diabetes are under-treated. A bit like high blood people with high blood pressure, they're they're either not treated at all or under-treated. And and medical care or medical interactions between a patient and their nurse or doctor is uh, is subject to so many things. And one of those things is the level of trust in the doctor, level of trust in the nurse, level of trust in the system, confidence in the treatment, uh, concerns about uh, safety. And generally speaking, Pacifica people don't get the care that they need pretty much for, for a whole lot of medical conditions, including diabetes.
2: So really, there's three arms to the treatment. Um, number one is lifestyle. So diet and exercise are really, really important in trying to control blood sugars. And this is both for type 1 and type 2. Exercise tends to burn up sugar in the body. So if we exercise on a daily basis, we tend to burn up excess sugar and bring our sugar levels down. And if we control the amount of carbohydrate that we eat and sugar that we take into the body, um, that tends to reduce the amount of sugar that has been put into the body. So those two things, balancing those two things out, really underpin or are the foundation of starting to treat diabetes. So diet and exercise are really, really critical. The second treatment modality is medication. Now, in New Zealand, we have had basically two medications available to us. Um, That's something called metformin, which is a medication that that patients go on straight off when they start to get diabetes, and something called sulfonylurea, which which actually stimulates the pancreas to to produce insulin. Uh, About two years ago, we had another medication called vildagliptin, which came on board. And at the moment, there is a a third set of medications, uh, something called SGLT2s and GPL1s, which... The rest of the Western world have had for the last 5 to 10 years. New Zealand has been very, very slow in adopting them. But Pharmac is very, very close to releasing these medications into the New Zealand system. Now, these are really important medications because not only do they reduce sugar, they actually protect the kidneys from damage and they protect the heart from damage with um, blood sugar. So not only do they focus on the sugar... They focus on the heart and kidneys. And in the New Zealand context, where Māori and Pacific, for instance, are 12 to 14 times more likely to progress to renal failure, a medication that protects the kidneys is very, very important. Mm. New Zealand fell behind the eight ball in terms of having access to the medication. We hope that they will be accessible in the next two to three months, and they will change the landscape in terms of what we're doing. So medication is very important. The third part... Which, which is incredibly important as well, is the use of insulin. And that is replacing the body's insulin levels through insulin injections to bring down and control sugar levels. So diet and exercise, the use of medication and the use of insulin are really the backbone of treating uh, type 2 diabetes and also type 1 diabetes.
0: There, there is a bit of consternation at the moment around pharmac and, and two types of treatment. I think... Empagliflosin and Dulaglutide, uh, which are ridiculous yes, names. Right. Honestly, names. where do these <laughs> names come from, Brian? It's, yeah. it's outrageous.
2: Oh, we yeah, ask it comes all the time. It is so confusing. God, I don't know where they come from. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so t- tell me a bit about these these treatments and why there is a bit of consternation around them.
2: Okay, so let's focus firstly on the equity issue with diabetes in New Zealand. I believe that type 2 diabetes is one of the biggest medical equity issues we have in New Zealand. And that's because of the statistics. Like uh, Māori and Pacific are three to five times more likely to get type 2 diabetes, are 12 to 15 times more likely to progress to end-stage renal failure they are seven times more likely to die from diabetes than Europeans. So we have this massive equity gap in terms of type 2 diabetes. Now, as I mentioned, these new medications are really, really important because they protect the kidneys and protect the heart. Now, what I've just said is that we have this massive equity gap in terms of outcomes with type 2 diabetes. So these medications are very, very important for New Zealand. And I believe they're actually very, very important for addressing some of the equity issues we have. Now, the problem that has been with Pharmac, these medications emerged on the international scene about 10 years ago. They are now well-established across the Western world in terms of use and access to diabetic patients living with diabetes. However, in New Zealand, because of the cost of these medications, and one of the issues that actually arose was we have 220,000 Patients or people with diabetes, living with diabetes in New Zealand, it's potentially a huge cost to the New Zealand system to fund these medications. And I I believe that, that Pharmac was very slow in understanding the problem with diabetes, very slow to understand the equity or the inequity in terms of diabetic outcomes in New Zealand and very slow to respond in terms of bringing these medications into the New Zealand marketplace a consequence of that is our treatment of diabetes really did fall well below the standards or what was acceptable across the Western world. We were left with essentially metformin, sulfonylurea, and insulin, which was was uh, is now considered a very old treatment paradigm in terms of international best practice. Um, but Pharmax struggling to to reconcile the cost of the medication with how accessible it would be to the two hundred and twenty thousand. New Zealanders living with type two diabetes has really led to a very prolonged delay in access to them, which, in many ways, I think the diabetic uh, professional diabetic community deals with diabetes—that's general practitioners, endocrinologists, cardiologists, renal physicians—do uh, think is unacceptable.
0: If you were, you know, given a day to enact some sort of achievable. Uh, policies in this kind of area that would really make a difference to, to diabetes, what would you do?
1: I'd start with individuals in their families and communities and really get them in the tent, so to speak and get them to do more to prevent uh, weight gain, to, to participate in activities to really change their diet, to work with uh, where they get their food, so you you got to do that then you've got to think about some legislative measures like, uh, and, and physical measures like tax on soft drinks to discourage consumption of drinks high in sugar, I would uh, work with the doctors and the nurses to support them to identify and to better treat people with uh, diabetes because many of them are missing out at the moment. I would uh, improve the availability of the drugs and some that we talked about, and particularly working with uh, Pharmac. You'd have to do um, a range of things. I, I, you know, it's not easy, but you have to do these uh, things and promote it uh, heavily and, and put some attention on what leads uh, to diabetes.
0: That's it for today. I'm Emil Donovan. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and NZ On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform and if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Jeremy Ansell engineered today's episode which was produced by Alexia Russell and thanks to Dr Brian Betty and Dr Colin Tukuitonga. Matewa.